0: Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm every day I'm every day I'm hustling.
1: (laughs) You're listening to Blue Yonder with your hosts Jim Jones, Cut, Cut, Peter (laughs) Streets. This is a part of the fun. And introducing. Aaron Hubbard Geek Dog Alright, so that seems to cover it for Friday's affairs. What was the first thing you attended on Saturday?
0: My first thing I remember, rolling out of bed, looking at my BlackBerry And as anxiously, silly, moderating the Twitter feed So we decided not to watch them compete because it was like 10.30 And we were up to like 4.30 so um, I rolled over and looked at the Twitter feed and saw that he had not made it past. So it's like I didn't know how it all went down, and, and I texted him. He's like, we'll talk over lunch. So what we did is I went, and I wanted to see the Penny Arcade strip drawing, which what they do is every Saturday on PAX, Gabe and Tycho get on the main stage. Mike, who is the artist, uh, hooks up his um, Apple tablet and his laptop to the main projectors, the huge screens, and he draws Monday's penny arcade strip live right there in front of you.
2: Kind of cool, even for someone who's not a big fan.
0: And it's he's such a good artist, and watching him turn this bull, turn this stuff out of nothing is amazing. And like when and, and during the whole thing, um, they're taking questions from the audience too. <clears throat> and like sometimes when Jerry starts pontificating. Uh-huh. Um, Mike will like start making fun of him by drawing something like he's drawing his character and then he'll like give him an alien mouth or he'll (laughs) he'll start drawing his legs as tentacles or he'll like make his face look retarded and like Jerry doesn't even know until the audience is laughing and he figures out like wait I didn't say something funny he's fucking with the drawing again isn't he and he looks back there and it's like you know or one time, someone asked Jerry, like, well, how, what if you would draw a strip? And he's like, man, I'll do it right now. And uh, like, so Mike said, well, do you want because because Mike, the way he draws is he draws in pencil, scans it in and then he does all the inks and colors on um, digitally. And Mike's like, do you want to leave the pencil outline up there? And Mike and, and Jerry's like, I don't need that shit. So Mike turns it off and he draws this horrific stick figure. But then, when he gets to the stick figure's legs, he draws this crude penis that's like <laughs> to scale, giving him an 18 inch dong. And <laughs> everybody's just cracking up. And then he erases it and says, no, that wasn't accurate. And then he makes a dong like seven foot long. <laughs> so then, so then he gets so, so then Mike takes over <laughs> and he makes, he makes Tycho's mouth an anus in the strip uh, (laughs) of the panel before and he takes that photoshop layer and like (laughs) manipulates it so it looks like that penis is going into the anus and and he uses that that stick figure to sodomize every single character in the strip he just goes from panel to panel and thrusts it into their mouth and into their crotch and the audience is losing their shit
3: hilarious
0: oh it's so good oh that
2: kind of makes me sad that I missed it
0: And then it's like the other thing is like he creates these awesome things. He just draws this stuff. Like an audience will like say, draw a hot dog fairy, or draw this, or draw this, and he like whips out this thing that I would be proud of and frame in like forty five seconds, and then deletes it. And like the audience always goes aw, and or like is bummed out, and and Mike's like, that's what I do. I create life, and then I destroy it. (laughs) And also, I've got to show you. I mean, if you went to Pax, you saw the beautiful cover that Mike illustrated for the... Oh, um, yeah. ...of the thing. The well, that actually was the second one he did. He did a fully rendered one of a, the exact same scene, only with a different monster in a different setting. And it was actually, I think, it was better looking, but it didn't match the color layout. He wasn't going to show it to anyone. He was just like, oh, yeah, I've got that somewhere in my desktop. And he whips it out, and people are like, oh, my God, make that into a de- make that into a wallpaper or something. He's like, okay. So I started thinking, it's like, my god how much awesome stuff does he do that never sees the light of day yeah. it's like well I drew three pictures and this is the one we selected these other two I mean I just, that's one thing I don't get about Mike all that shit should be on the web dude because we eat it up we cannot get enough mm-hmm. like your doodles of Wolverine whatever I mean we want to see it all and we want it on our desktops
1: now, what was the what was this thing you were talking about with, with creatures and monsters? Was it like the cover to the book for the day? Or? Well, well, um, Gabe and yeah.
0: Gabe and Tycho did a contest on their site last year where they basically let the readers select. They were going to do an epic series. Like they don't more, most of the stuff is just comics, right? Well, every once in a while they'll do a longer right. form. Like they'll take seven days in a row to tell a story, and they're going to do like one of two things. They're going to do something on Jim Dark Magic. Which is the alter ego of Mike when he's playing? Does he D. have
1: that character still? Does he still have? Oh, that, yeah, uh, yeah, D yeah. character.
0: Jim Jim Dark Magic of the New Hampshire Dark Magics, and then they're going to do Automa, which was like supposed to be a film noir type detective mystery with a a robot and a robot detective and his human partner. Or they were going to do something mm-hmm. called the Lookouts, and what the lookout concept is like? Imagine Boy Scouts of Middle Earth. Where like a, a guy like Aragorn is their scoutmaster and he takes them out and teaches them how to slay evil monsters. <clears throat>
1: okay.
0: So, so that was the concept uh, the, of the lookouts. Okay. And and the one that got selected was Automa, but everyone really liked the Lookouts because they did like a one a one strip panel of each, so you could kind of get an idea of the flavor and then vote. So this cover was the lookouts, and it had four of these Boy Scouts, you know, Middle Earth Boy Scouts with their elvish cloaks and they were confronting this horrible animal beast on the cover and yeah. he did a completely different cover with a completely different cat you know um, for the same thing but wasn't going to release it and Tycho actually said you know I actually like the creature from the other one better and, and Gabe's like oh I think I got that somewhere and he calls it on the main screen and boom you know then it's like we, but we never would have known how awesome that was had he not someone made casual mention to it and, like, he he creates and deletes awesome stuff while we were sitting there watching him do it. It was just unbelievable what a creative force this guy is. And his art's beautiful. Mike, I love you. You're amazing. Um, wow. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, okay. geeking. I'm, I'm geeking
3: out uh, over
1: uh, it. Enough of the gushing. Uh, Jim Jones, <laughs> did you yeah. take skip out on that as well?
2: Uh, I definitely skipped out on that in favor of sleeping in a little bit. Um, Aaron made it over to the conference
1: When, when did you actually words. make it uh, to day two?
2: I think I actually got there around 2pm on Saturday Okay um, My plan was that I was actually going to try and get to a couple when of the
1: things. On Saturday it starts earlier than Friday I guess y- yeah. yeah,
2: Saturday it starts at 10am and same with Sunday um, oh, I see. Okay. So Saturday is a full fucking day, it's 10am to. And
0: two. It's the most well attended day as well
2: uh, yeah yeah those were the badges that sold out. I actually talked to someone in line um for Will Wheaton's autograph that said right. he tried to register like a month in advance and he couldn't actually get a badge for Saturday, so he bought friday and sunday
1: do you do you actually go to Saturday with a plan of action or you just um
2: originally, I had a plan of action, and it turned out that I didn't do much of any of it. <laughs> um, mm. I got there around twelve thirty or so and there was nothing that I really wanted to see that was going on as far as panels so I ended up uh, heading up to the expo hall which I hadn't got a chance to go to on Friday because we were so busy and I picked up like a t-shirt I went over to uh, th- there are a couple companies out now who have these guitars, like real guitars that you can play rock band or guitar hero with but uh, I wanted to check those out because I'm a guitar player so I and was I called, love wasn't rock it called, like, band. Pick,
0: pick up and play or something
2: Uh, Maybe, I know one of them is called Open Chord The other, I've gotten this shirt around here somewhere But it's like six string By a company
0: called 745
2: Um, So I messed around with those a little bit It's kind of cool, especially if you're a guitar player Because they've they've got a few different modes on there Where you can start out and you can play it just like A rock band or Guitar Hero guitar Where uh, one fret is one note The next fret up is another note And they've got them mapped out like that Or, as you get better, Mm -hmm. you can actually change it to where You've got power chords for the notes and you can move around on the different strings and stuff, and it's really cool as far as I'm concerned.
0: Oh, yeah, and it sounds like you're playing,
1: you are playing real guitar.
2: Essentially, yeah, you are at that point.
1: So it's uh, actually just a, an electrical guitar that's just modified to play with, with these band games, basically.
2: Yeah, that's what a- I- and actually the coolest part, I thought, was it's a real guitar in the fact that you can hook it up to an amplifier and play it, and it'll yeah. sound real guitar. Oh, okay. I mean, so it is a guitar.
3: Yes,
2: it yeah, six-string yeah. um, That's... And they said that like it'll be about comparatively priced with the rock band full set. So we're looking at what, like, 150, 180 Is that where that was at? Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, um, with, yeah so... If you
2: know like anything about Squire uh, Fender guitars, like you can pick that up for about the same price you could a Squire. So like, then you've got your game controller and you've got a guitar, and it sounded pretty good. Like I, I was kind of impressed at a game controller.
1: They they had a reasonably talented musician playing it.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was jamming.
1: <laughs> now, this event that I'm looking at happened after both of you were there on Saturday called uh, It's the Comedy Video Games and Internet with College Humor. And I'm a big oh. fan of College Humor. Yeah, I like them, uh, too. <laughs> I mean, they have a lot of stuff, whether it's, like, Luigi getting pissed off at Mario and them having bitmaps of them fighting or... It's you know the Street Fighter thing. They did. sketches awesome.
2: Street Fighter the next generation. Or they, were
1: they responsible for that? Like yes. Street Fighter yeah. the like the retirement years or <laughs> something
2: like did, that. Yeah, yeah, did they did you that.
1: Go to that one.
2: I didn't. I would have yeah, attended. Else on the expo floor that I saw that was really cool.
1: Um, Oh, we totally totally missed the
2: Nvidia panel. That that Uh,
0: happened on Saturday. We hadn't missed it. You just said no, no,
2: no, no. It happened on Friday. I didn't miss it. I made it It to the Nvidia panel, but we didn't talk about it at all.
0: Oh, we'll go into the Nvidia because you did that. That was one thing I didn't do. So, how about it?
2: Yeah. Um. Basically, it was a talk from one of the, I guess, lead marketing guys there. I can't remember his name, but um, he was talking about the new technology that. Nvidia has, um, they announced the GTX 480 and 470 there which apparently (laughs) is about two and a half times faster than the 285 that they had out Uh, which if you know anything about video cards, that is a rocking video card
1: does they have a release date on that?
2: I don't know if they gave an actual release date, I'm thinking he said within the next couple weeks
1: they were giving them
0: away so they must the technology done. They were in retail boxes, of soon.
2: Yep. Wow. The, then they actually showed uh, some demos of the new technology they have. First of all, I everybody probably wants to hear about the 3D stuff, but um, the first thing they showed was physics-based. Well, I guess this is a 3D as well. They they had this track um, with this rocket sled on it and a, a character named Barney on the front. It was kind of goofy-looking, and they passed out 3D glasses to everybody there. And they showed the rocket sled going down the track. And as it goes down the track, it blows by like a house and it goes over a bridge and stuff. And uh, the house explodes as he goes by. And the bridge explodes as he goes over it. (laughs) And when he gets to the end, he just shoots off into oblivion. And the, the rocket explodes and he goes flying off. It was really cool. But the really super cool thing about it was, like when he goes over the bridge, the first time they showed it, um, it blew up into, like, I think he said a couple thousand pieces, and that was pretty impressive, especially in the 3D, because like they, what they did is they zoomed in on it, and they they kind of like Matrix-style went around it and showed it from all different angles, and, and the 3D <laughs> really worked well for that. Um, it felt yeah, like
1: you were... Is real, this is real-time 3D, right? No? Yes. Yeah,
2: this is totally all real-time.
1: I played
0: Bad Company 2 in full 3D, and it was real-time and awesome.
2: Yeah, they what showed
1: do you that use as well. 3D—is it like a, like 3D glasses type technology, or
3: uh huh?
2: Well, the interesting oh. thing is, at the show, they couldn't obviously hand out 3D goggles to everybody, which I assume is what Aaron used to play the game. Yes. Uh But what they did at the show, they handed out the 3D glasses like you could get the cheap pair at the movie theater or whatever, and and so it was slightly with that technology a little disorienting when you first looked at it, uh, but you adjusted to it. I assume with the goggles, it was a lot better.
0: The goggles was rock solid. I mean, like I've—it was better than Avatar, which is already really good technology. It was yeah. utterly convincing, freakish. It's is amazing. <laughs>
2: wow. uh, but the the really cool thing is, like he says, "Oh, that's pretty cool, guys." And wouldn't you agree? And everybody claps. Like, yeah, yeah, these these are cool particles. And then he goes, "Well, that's not all we can do with it." And he goes, "Crank that up to, oh, I don't know, a million pieces." and so they turn up the settings they blast this guy down the track again and then the bridge explodes into a million pieces and it was unbelievable I've never seen physics like that before it's all real time and they've got it coming down the side of a hill like an avalanche and pieces are just exploding off of other pieces and then they, they freeze it right in the middle and they go in and they do that matrix zoom in and, and pan around it and it was mind blowing like I couldn't believe the physics that they, that they pulled off with that card.
1: And this, again, in 3D in the sense that it's projecting out. Like, this is actual 3D technology. Yeah, pre- well, we this, this projecting about that.
2: Yeah, it looks like you're looking into a window. So instead of coming out at you, like you would typically see, I don't know, in like Back to the Future 2, where they've got the giant Jaws thing coming out. Right, um, right. It's actually like you're looking through the glass window and you're seeing things going back into the screen uh, which I think is more convincing
0: definitely
1: <laughs> alright cool uh,
2: yeah and but they I... showed Battle Bad Company 2 uh, oh they showed uh, their new ray tracing technology too which is a real tri- real time ray tracing which I don't know how many people know what ray tracing is but it's basically a lighting effect which does like oh, that and is. stuff. yeah I'm sure all of our listeners do um, but it was very impressive too they showed it off on one of the need for speed cars um, and it was gorgeous. I mean, it looked so realistic. It was.
0: Yeah, I, I spoke too soon about cars reaching realistic levels because when I saw that game in 3D with the ray tracing, I'm like, "Fuck, this is real."
3: Yeah, you got they you showed got the, the cockpit too. Yeah.
2: Thoroughly impressive. Like you had the steering column and the steering wheel coming towards you a little bit, um, and then you had like everything outside the windows <laughs> off in a distance.
0: Oh, so. We are living in the golden age of video games right. I always say that But it seems really
3: yeah, true yeah. to happen. I
1: was going to say, you <laughs> said that back in 95 When we were getting a PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But still Yes, the golden age goes on Did anybody get into room 312 On Saturday?
2: Oh, yeah. oh, I did make it to the Wyvern Theater um, I made it to the Fail Now panel
1: Tell me about can't, that
2: Can't remember the guy's name um, But he was basically talking about
1: <laughs> Fail it, Now?
2: Yeah, it's it's kind of a perplexing title because nobody wants to fail, right? Mm. Um, basically, a way to know how your game is progressing, whether or not it's going to be fun, whether you should the abandon doors. it, whether you should continue with it. He he was talking mostly about like different development strategies. Like, let's say uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but there's one guy who's doing this strategy with. Like, he will fund ten different games in the pre-development phases, like the planning phases. Um, He doesn't know if they're good ideas, he doesn't know if they're bad ideas, but he'll give them money to go in, drop a design document, figure out the basics of the game, and then three months from then, he will demand a report back. And if the game looks like it's progressing well, looks like it could be fun, basically if they've found the fun in the game, um, then he will continue to fund the project. And he says that most of the time out of these ten different projects you'll get one maybe two that actually turn into full fledged games um, and so that is like a strategy to figure out what games are good by failing over and over and over and picking out this one game but but he was talking a lot of it was dry because he was talking about like graphs and charts and like time versus money um, and when to cut and run and just all these kind of like inside business things Right. but it was still interesting to me because I I'm kind of interested in game development uh, same here
0: yeah. I, I wanted to tend that too and um, you know the thing is, is that's, that's interesting because it's a very Darwinistic uh, development process you know survival yes. of the fittest Yeah. so what else on Saturday I know you and I went to the console room we played Modern Warfare 2 and you pretty much brutally yeah. kicked my ass on every level, except for I had a little a little moment of glory on the airport level.
3: Yeah. <clears> I, think <throat> t- I think
2: we tied, like, straight-up tied on the last round.
0: Right, right. We, like, yeah. So, yeah, we had a best two or three, and I got one, you got one, and we tied the last one. So... Yep. It was, uh... But it was an, enjoyable, and it, for, for whatever reason, we played as long as we wanted to. I know that they were really busy that Saturday, and I kept on expecting yeah. forcers to come and tap us on the shoulder and be like, move along, you know, but... No, the uh, only guy
2: that did tap us on the shoulder was saying, is that TV loud?
0: Yeah, like, too loud. And we were like, <laughs> it might
2: be, but then he never did anything about it, so... Yeah,
0: so, what else? I'm trying to think what else happened, that. I mean, Kynes and I met for lunch, and we went to the expo hall, and he briefed me on what happened in Geometry Wars. Basically, it was a hard-fought, Battle and he lost by like ten points, which is basically a game in Geometry Wars. So, so this he
1: was, this little thing, this Omni game thing, it actually takes place each day. There's a yes. different tournament.
0: Yep. And okay. what he was really Jones about is he wanted to, he didn't care to win, although I'm sure he would have loved to. He, <laughs> what he really wanted to do is get to the second the next round because they were going to play Rock Band, and that was going to be the opening night for the concert. And he thought it would be really cool to be able to say to people. Hey, I opened for Jonathan Colton <laughs> yeah technically, it had been true, and then you could have told the story and' it'd been it'd been an awesome way to introduce it, but as
1: he said, Speaking you know of Jonathan, it looks like Jonathan Colton was a big red uh for John oh, John. yeah
2: my my absolutely uh, going color
0: well we're ju- we're jumping ahead of ourselves because
2: I, that's true yeah
0: <laughs> it, it feels like, like oh, what I Saturday was my gaming day. I hit hit the expo. I saw like all the 3D technology. I saw Red Dead Redemption, which was the most amazing game I saw at the floor. Um, Did you get a
2: shirt? Because those other shirts were pretty cool.
0: I didn't.
1: Kind didn't. Red Dead Redemption. That's magical. A, what, what system it, is that for?
0: Um, it's everything Xbox 360 and PS3. Okay.
1: So it's a third-party game. Yeah. I also
0: See. waited in line and got to play the Splinter Cell Conviction multiplayer demo, Very. which was cool. Yeah, we, that Oh, it's like they just got these well, I mean, you can do the mark and execute now in multiplayer, which basically if you can get to drop on a, a, um, on the enemies, you use this little mark button and it puts a little triangle above each of their heads and then it has an execute button highlighted you hit the execute and it's like the dude in one smooth movement reveals himself and then taps pow, 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 each one in the head Like, like something out of a movie, like when James Bond comes in and just basically cold bloodedly shoots all three people dead. They drop. That's what you can do. That's the thing that
2: really impressed me about that game is how movie like and cinematic it feels. Yeah, because they did. Like, I saw it last year when I was only single player at Pax, and uh, they had the the system where instead of like popping up titles for or whatever chapter you're in or whatever, they like, project it onto a wall as you're walking by and give you your mission objectives that way. And it just felt so smooth. And with that mark system and with, like, all the crawling around he does, it just felt...
0: Well, the really other smooth. thing that I thought that you can layer traps because, like, before, when whenever you expose yourself to an enemy and then you take cover it makes a ghostly outline of the last place the enemy saw you. Mm -hmm. So they're like, you'll see this ghostly outline of yourself, and enemies are still pouring fire where they think you are. And as long as that ghostly outline is there and you haven't been detected, you can sneak up and flank the enemy. And the other thing you can do, when you're critically injured and you're waiting for your partner to pick up, you can play dead. So you just kind of lay there on the floor limp, and he's got like 45 seconds to revive you, or maybe 60 seconds. And if you don't, you die. But while you're waiting, like enemies will ignore you because they think you're dead. Well, you can push the A button and your assassin s- sits up and draws a sidearm, and he can like shoot people in the back of the head, and then fl- <laughs> and then flop back down and play the head. Nice, pretty cool. But yeah, yeah it was. Cool. Um, I s- I played Explosion Man, which I'd heard about in the other packs. I didn't get to play no, this. It's
2: not Explosion Man. It's just Explosion Man.
0: Explosion Man. Right, right, right. <laughs> that was I had really a lot good. of fun. <laughs> explosion Man is a lot of fun, especially I played mu- multiplayer co-op Explosion Man. Yeah, you said was, there was
2: a four-player multiplayer. Yes, I only played two-player. That four-player's got to be insane.
0: It is insane. I mean, you're blowing up e- off each other and bouncing each other higher. Blowing off
2: each other. Ah, oh. disgusting.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're blowing each other, and it's uh, it really explosion is.
1: is yeah, explosion blowing blowing
0: is straight. basically a cum shot. In fact, but, um, oh, cool. explosion. So it's
1: like the modern day beat 'em and eat 'em. It is,
0: yes. it is. It's almost too risque for the penny arcade floor. Very similar to Kaboom. A lot.
1: So. Uh, this is this is starting to get interesting because you're 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 basically telling me day two was Aaron and Jim's game day. So you basically, you know, went around sampling the goods, as it were. Mm-hmm. I having went. Um, As you'll recall, Aaron, last year with you To our local convention um, uh, Of geekery Which is called Gen Con And when we went to Gen Con Together, there was a lot of this You know, try before you buy Kind of, Uh you know, wet your Appetite kind of presentation There as well At PAX, is it totally like like, You're telling me about all the state of the art Video games that are present Is there a Kind of an old school kind of you know board game sampling oh, yeah. there as well, or is it just video games there, Pack? Oh yeah,
3: no,
2: they actually have a, a hallway out near the expo hall that was covered with like indie and and bigger developer board games and card games,
0: um, okay. and they were so
2: both playing them and selling them right there. And
0: they, and they also had a I... dedicated free play area for Dungeons and Dragons and other tabletop oh, um, for board magic. games. For Very war cool. games and for Magic: The Gathering, Watsy had a pretty one of the large, you know, a pretty large area for tournaments and stuff like that.
1: Cool. Was there any? Did you take part in any of that on your Saturday sampling? Or no, was it basically-
0: because I'm going to do another mini rant here. Watsy, get your shit together on these tournaments. I'm tired of you Ooh. starting events an hour late. I'm tired of you double and triple booking stuff. I'm tired of you treating. Your players like we're a bunch of drug addicts will always come back for more because we do and i am not playing another major sanctioned tournament until i feel like they're not going to waste my time so yeah that's the
2: thing yeah. time at pax is pretty precious so you don't want to waste it waiting around for things
0: yeah but there it's it's their foul works because every single time i'm at an official deal it's poorly run every gincom is poorly run PAX Prime was poorly run. This place was poorly run. They're, they like, it's like, they don't even try. It's like, oh, we're going to schedule six things that all last five hours to occur in a four hour time. And, and we only don't have, have space.
2: room for two.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh. it just, redu- so you know, the players are going to be disappointed and we're only going to have half the pro, we're going to only uh, uh, plan for 50 people to show up at a 50,000 geek convention Damn. and act like mm. that's
1: acceptable. I mean, they just do stupid stuff. And I don't know, like when they ran out of M ten product that last year. Who does time. that? They ran. They yeah. ran
2: out of packs too. Yeah, they ran out of packs. Oh, yeah. Really? not
0: know a hundred people yeah. would show up out of fifty thousand. I mean, it's just <laughs> lame. And this one, they didn't even have DCI judges, which, which, it could be a blessing or a curse depending on your relationship with DCI. You know, um, yeah. my oh, my, I mean, uh, DC- my Twitter yeah. name is DCI Griefer, so you can take that <laughs> for what you will. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat>
1: Okay, so I mean, it was uh, it's overall did, positive, but like the, oh, yeah. the major, major was, gaming events were kind of what could have been improved. Do you think? Um,
0: what, just what, what would you do different sketch- if it was? If, if you I was watching tr- you running these events, I yeah, would, I would overestimate the people. Yes, and I would schedule less events and allow them more time, and you know, really do you it, think it should it, be and respect right? the players enough to keep things running on time bottom line. So should
1: it be more like a uh, should they present it more like bits of advertising sort of to, to get people into the game like they're trying to sell their products to gamers or should well, it Well, they had something? that
0: on the expo floor. They actually had several different like Learn Magic and stuff. And and interesting left the the casual area uh, me and Kynes played and uh, I actually taught him how to play Magic. So um that's kind of oh, an Oh,
2: one cool thing they did. Um forgot to talk about the swag bag that they passed out at the very beginning. Uh, yeah. Wizards of the Coast put an entire Magic deck into each bag, so every person cool. who attended PAX East got a full Magic deck. I think it was probably like thirty, forty cards. Yeah, um, okay. they were themed; they had different colors, different like themes running through the decks. And it was pretty cool because then we sat down and played immediately there in the queue room. Uh, played a That's couple true. games of Magic.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know in fact, we played out throughout out. the weekend off those decks. <laughs>
1: I got a fifteen-card booster pack for my trouble at Gen Con. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, but on the
0: other hand, these cards were all shit, rare, shit commons from like yeah, yeah. Magic Ten and Lorwyn. So, so it yeah, was, it was a,
1: something you could it kind of promotes play though because you, you could, could play just, like,
0: exactly a booster pack a mini booster pack at that was
1: like yeah, yeah it's just like what the hell you know what yeah, do yeah. I do yeah. with these yeah <laughs> and, and we
0: got one
2: of those last year at packs didn't we
0: yeah I think so
2: yeah. That's pretty but cool, and, and that's,
0: that that uh, brief point, the swag was not as good this year.
1: Not even like, close.
0: They they were ladling swag on the people what on was the swag prime?
1: in prime because you never told me oh. that. Oh, the geez. swag
0: like, prime.
1: There flowed.
2: were t-shirts. <laughs> Every. <everywhere>. I mean, <laughs> like you Anna. step up to any random person and they're handing you a t-shirt. You're like, oh, okay, I'll take one of those. Uh, we got t-shirts in the fucking swag bag that you get at the gate. Yeah. Like, so, so hmm. the, the swag bag you got at the gate last year was better than all the swag you could possibly attain at PAX East. Mm. Well,
0: I don't know if that's on. the economy or the fact that like PAX Prime might always be better in this because it's right before Christmas, right before the giant rush, and people are trying to get you to buy their games.
1: <clears throat> Another thing I'm kind of curious about, guys, is uh, the size of the establishment. I mean, we live here in Indianapolis, where there is quite a large convention center that's well-suited for these types of things. What is the difference by comparison to the space allowed for PAX Prime versus the space allowed for PAX East?
0: Well, do you want to take this, Jim?
2: Okay, first of all, it's interesting how they calculate attendance because they do something called uh, turnstile accounting, I guess, where they count each person who comes through the gate as a person each day. So if you buy a three-day pass, you're actually counted as three different people. And and so that kind of artificially inflates the numbers, because they said that that what there was like 70,000 people at PAX Prime, but that's turnstile. So you have to figure it's roughly two-thirds of that. Uh, So you're looking at probably 50,000.
0: Yeah, I've heard heard 50,000 actual people.
2: Okay, yeah. 50,000 sounds about right. Um, But the convention center in Seattle is much, much larger. And... They also have more floors in the Seattle Convention Center. Um, They had was it five floors? I think one through three, and they skipped, or one through four. They skipped five, and then they had six. Yep. Um, And and so it was enormous compared to the Convention Center in
0: Boston. Probably twice as large as the Boston. But they they didn't expect they didn't expect to sell it out the first year. It was a shocking. There
2: were there were twenty five thousand people here, um, if you're not counting that turnstile sort of effect. Uh, but the, it's like for comparison, the main auditorium where they were doing like the PA panels and the keynote and the concerts was at least double the size in Seattle.
1: At least did, did I mean, this did this like affect your experience at the convention, or did it really not def- matter since there were fewer people? I, it didn't no. make it
0: less fun, but it just made it a little bit hassle to get around.
2: Yeah, uh, I was walking through hmm. like thick crowds of people trying to get basically anywhere, whereas at Seattle Prime or Apex Prime, I was. Strolling through the expo center.
0: Well, like there was like a room. There, there was there was like four times as many rock band setups. For example, in PAX Prime here, there was more consoles. It's just you had to wait less. But I I feel like PAX Prime is just about at peak capacity. Yeah. Um. Where so it's like so it's already a little bit uncomfortable and the lines are already kind of too long. But PAX East it was it was worse. But it didn't affect my enjoyment of the show. In fact, arguably, I enjoyed this show more because I felt like I knew better kind of how to do packs this time around. So I. Yeah, but I missed a enjoyment. couple of things that I wanted to see because of the crowds. True. Yeah. I mean, but I think next year, when they move to a bigger facility, that it will be a dramatic improvement. Sure. But, and and really for her first year of doing it on a completely different coast with a different facility and different man, it was amazing how well everything. And one thing I was worried about is like, what would the vibe would be like? Like, would the East Coasters be more dickish? No, nope. oh, indistinguishable.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, we'll save the like total review till the very All right. end. Good
0: idea. I
2: wanted to talk a little bit more about like the gaming I did because. They, what was really cool I think the gaming that I appreciated most was the classic arcade section yes. uh, they had a whole room set up literally like an 80's arcade I mean you walk into here the lights are dimmed <laughs> there are arcade <laughs> machines lined up against every wall pinball machines in the center uh, they are playing honest to god 80's music I walked in out the first the day and they're
0: playing Duran Duran's <laughs> Hungry Like the Wolf
2: <laughs> and they're, they're playing <laughs> Journey and they're playing all these great songs in the 80s, and uh, and the only thing that was missing was the smoke. I swear, yeah. if you had a dude light up a cigar in there, it would be
0: perfect. <laughs> yeah, Or pumped a little. I think they should have pumped a fog machine. Yeah, imagine. Like, Ashtrays scattered around, you know, because then it would not Fog in...
1: equals power. Right. Did anyone go to yeah. But Thou Must choice in games? No. no. Um,
0: I hardly did. I didn't do any panels other than PR, PR, PR,
1: because See, the PNR other... games. I would probably be, if I attended, be the panel guy.
0: Uh, and I, I did really that for commentary. It these really panels is. weren't as compelling to me, and I found that the last year I had more fun when I was gaming.
2: Um, yeah. I, I want to talk just a little bit more about the uh, classic arcade room, because like, <laughs> while I was in there some cool things happened. Like, First of all, I played like a lot of Space Invaders Deluxe, which, awesome. I, I mean, I had never experienced any of these games. I'm just like on the borderline age where arcades were going out of style, um, when I was old enough to really play them. That's so I've right never really been into, like, an authentic arcade like that, so it was such a cool experience to see all these games. Like, they had Joust
0: 2. They were um, lovingly restored. I mean, in pristine games.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, They had Miss Pac-Man, they had Junior Pac-Man, they had Omega Race, they had Us vs. Them, um, they had a Spy Hunter and Buck Rogers Pinball Machines. Dragon's Lair. And I was going to mention that, yeah, Dragon's Lair. (laughs) I actually got to see one of the guys from Digital Press beat Dragon's Lair. Slay the dragon. And they had it really? set up on projectors real big on the wall so you could actually see it. And that, I have to say, was like one of the highlights of my packs.
0: That's freaking it's, awesome. It's, it's Play, playing Dragon's Lair is such a awesome experience because, for one thing, it's the most brutal, uncompromising game you've ever played and the animation is beautiful. And as you can... can you see what I'm saying, Jim? When you went to see that after Arcade, and the other... You got Joust and Pac-Man and fucking Dragon Slayer. It's like basically someone today said, oh, we well, can play Street Fighter Four Alpha um, and, um, you know, one of these racing games, or you can step into the holodeck. yeah. I mean, people would be like, I'll take the holodeck, thank you. I mean, it was that level of quantum leap above the graphics and, and sound of the day.
2: Sure. No, it, right. it was gorgeous. It looked really good. And who animates that? The Don Bluth. The so Don
0: Bluth. And, and even though it was brutal, you still forgave it because the death and reanimation scenes are so fucking sweet. <laughs> yeah. He a skeleton and then reassembles and the flesh covers him and he's got that badass... Like, God damn it, that's not going to happen again. Look at my, on his face <laughs> and calls a sword. It's like, fuck yeah, I want to pay another quarter. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> now, this was the original. You're not talking about a remake you saw no, right there, right? No, and
0: no main. This was no main shit. This was real, authentic arcade <sighs> cabs. The boards
2: the were The same real.
1: boards they used before. Yeah. The same. Mm. That's pretty yeah, cool.
2: Phenomenal. I love that. I just wish they had had like, a couple more of the classics. Like, if they had had the original Joust instead of Joust 2. Yes. Um, if they had had, like, the original Space Invaders that would have been great, but I understand why they didn't. These are hard things to
0: find. <laughs> and, and if they had had, basically, if they had Joust, Dig Dug, and Moon oh. Control, I would have been, I probably would have shed a tear. Or, like, uh, an original
2: Super Mario's Brothers, like, multiplayer stand-up.
0: Or the or oh. or, or the cocktail table.
2: Or that, yeah. That would have been crazy. And, you know, the other thing
0: they need in the concerts, Gabe and Tycho, if you listen to this, or mm-hmm. in the um, classic arcade area, Bean Bags. I would have loved to just sat on a beanbag for hours and soaked up the ambiance.
2: Yeah, that's actually something we haven't talked about. Um, every packs there's a company that comes in and like donates or lends packs, probably a thousand beanbags. They have them on multiple floors, lining the entire hallway, um, and they're like these four foot by four foot beanbags, and they're really high quality, like the thick. The company makes them sumo. leather. Sumo, sumo, yes. Google um, sumo if you're interested in them. They're awesome. Different colors, like orange and gray and black and blue, and uh, they're they're really cool. They're a great place to go and just hang out. Although you might, the only, might yeah. The only negative. negative. <laughs> well, the yeah. only negative is the rates
0: occur on those co- uh, on those, on those bean bags. Twenty That's per true. hour for per, per minute, I mean the rape gangs just ravage that area. They find <laughs> girls and boys sleeping, and they just just get in and they just horrifying.
3: Trying to play your
0: DS, and someone's fucking anal. <laughs> and and, and enforcers be- do nothing. The enforcers pitch in. It's 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 really the untold holocaust that happens at each packs.
1: Oh, can God. you imagine if they actually inserted midgets into each beanbag chair at PAX? <laughs> and uh, who's had- to say they didn't. Who's to say they didn't? <laughs> thousands oh of boffins died making these beanbag chairs.
2: <laughs> alright I think that'll just about do it for the show if you have any questions or comments or you just want to chat you can visit our forums at www.baldmove.com or you com. S- oh you got me <laughs> or you can send us an email at blueyonder at baldmove.com or if you want to reach us by phone you can call us at 1-800 I'm a fucking moron and with that said, until next time, I'm Jim Jones.
1: And I am Peter Streets.
3: And I'm Aaron Hubbard. Ciao. Now let's begin to type some words. Word. 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 Yo,
1: when I hit it, I hit
3: L, shift, O to the quote, and then dollar. If you know the der of the nerdcore rhyme, you holler, I hit L, shift, Strike up this band of nebuchets to cultivate nebulous editions. The FPS, RPG, or MM, in the obsession to blather over my blog or BBS. Step and possess home by geekishness, your frame rate and frags today both impress. and yes, your affinity for a certain sight of some amusement, a classic kid or of fun where you let loose pent-up scent pieces to partake of thicker dramas, Get you branded a sniper, bitch or rocket mama humper, damn, dude, they said you're cheating but with coins in hand, you got more game than will Wheaton, will MC, about to get funny. I'm losing patience. Wanna know how the pants contain one wang and two next stations? In a tandy hall where he plays rack mole with the toilet paper. Front a lot, can rock the PA song at the lowest common denominator. Neither's a hater of culture or a lacquering class, but an expert at math. Accounting how the penny arcade owns your ass. <laughs> over the quote and break the